Hello, and welcome to the Peaked Too Early podcast. North London is red, and so is my face. I am your host, Blake Munchell, calling in from the beach in North Carolina with my family, and I am very sunburned. And I am, as always, joined by my lovely co-host, Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you? Hello, hello. I am not sunburnt, which I'm very grateful for. It's been overcast here in Maryland today, but I am on spring break and yeah, enjoy myself, I suppose. Still got a lot to do, but um, I've had a couple days off and that feels good. And the football is, um, it's been a bit resurgent, I think. It's been, it's been good. I, I, Champions League was great midweek as well, so I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, do you want to hop straight into this since I'm on spotty beach wi Yeah, let's do it. Let's not take any chances with Craig. Yes, he's uh, particularly uh, squeamish when one of us has bad Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah. So today, despite me being covered head to toe with sunburn, uh, today was a pretty good day because going over my recap, I pulled a plus five over Oscar. Um with an exact guess on the Liverpool 1-0 win over Wolves and uh, four other matches. Uh, it was 8-3 to three this week. Uh, and that plus 5, uh, including Oscar's plus 11 that he brought in, moves Oscar to only a 6-point lead at the top. You know what? I said it at the end of last week's predictions, though, right? Where I was like, you better make up ground because I'm making wacky ones. So I'm glad, I'm glad you did. It's a, it's a little... It's less embarrassing now. and And... The pressure is a little bit off me as well. I wasn't enjoying it. I, 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 I knew I was going to bottle it at some point, so I'm glad it's happened in sort of like a Pep Guardiola-esque way, you know, where he's like, oh, I'm actually quite glad we lost because now we can be resurgent. That's what I needed, I think. Yeah, put um, the, the pedal back on the, the gas yeah, a little bit. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so how far back are we going? We had a round of midweek in what? A week ago, yeah. So like Wednesday, um, that's when our predicted prediction started with City's five two win over Southampton. But Blake, I think yeah, where do you want to start? Because I think you have some specific matches in mind to recap. Yeah, so uh we're gonna just touch on scores and then go over a few in a little bit uh more detail. Um with the midweek game, Man City Southampton, um it was sort of that Man City imposing themselves, like uh, even though no one is really doubting themselves, uh, no, nobody was doubting Man City. Uh, Man City really like taking it to their opponents to to prove to themselves, I guess, that they haven't lost their touch. Um, yeah. Uh, but most importantly, this was the return of Sergio Aguero, um, which one of the greatest Premier League players of all time. So. Yep. Nice yep. to see him return, uh, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, but the first match we're going to talk about relatively briefly is uh, Newcastle Villa, um, where I saw my Magpies kind of pull off a miracle result. Um, mm. It was uh, headlined as a must-win for Newcastle. Um, we have not picked up a lot of points. We have two wins in 20 matches, which is like awful awful form um but uh it was a match of newcastle center backs scoring uh 
this match first had a own goal by uh, Kieran Clark. Uh, mm. It was a pretty bad one as well. Um, although it's not like Kieran Clark can do anything about it, but no way that chance is going in the goal if Kieran Clark doesn't turn it back around. Poor um, Kieran. And then uh, in the 94th minute, Jamal Sells pulled up with a uh, like a miracle header um, mm. and caused the game to be 1-1. And yeah. other than that, not a ton happened in this match. It was strangely talked about during the match as like very entertaining for neutrals, although I doubt any neutrals would ever tune into this kind of match. Um, but I will say it's better than Newcastle have been. It's better than Villa have been without Jack Grealish. Um, oh, okay. It was entertaining enough, um, but I think most importantly out of this match uh, is the the way that people talk about it. Um, so there's the the typical with Newcastle that before the match people were talking about how this is a must win, um, and after the match they talk about how it's a good point. Um, but what really is like uh, an interesting way to think about it is what if Newcastle had scored first and then Villa had equalized in the 94th minute? This would have been a yeah. devastating result for Newcastle. But because it ended the way it did, it is considered a like great result and accumulation of points and we're one point uh, further away from the drop zone. So it's yeah. we're at the point where we don't need good performances, we need good results, and yeah, we're so still not getting good around. results. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you texted me and you said, like, if nothing else, this is probably going to be great for morale for Newcastle. So I certainly yeah. hope we can take something into it. And it's good for Jamal LaSalle, who's had a like a shaky last 18 months. So. Yeah, but that's I, I'm, yeah, Not no, I mean, it was, it was big for you down there at the bottom because obviously Brighton won as well, which I think we'll touch on a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think you put it well where it's really like it's a good enough result but it's really just you have this is the minimum you have to keep up in order for things to start looking better so as always we're hoping that newcastle will back up their ideas um i see next on our on the fixture list there's leeds nil chelsea nil this was disappointing to me. I, I, you know, as always with Leeds, I'm thinking it's going to be a great game. I, it wasn't terrible. It's never a torrid affair with with Leeds, but um, yeah, obviously ending nil nil. Not, I mean, Leeds were sort of outplayed. Um, Chelsea were, were dominant, but just lacked that killer edge. And you know, Kai Havertz in that role is good. He's fine. I think he's better than when Lampard was putting him out wide, but he's no, you know, he's not he's not a lethal striker. Um, so, uh, you know, I think Chelsea are sort of chugging along, but they have some problems um, with regards to sort of seeing off games that might mean that they struggle, maybe even struggle to finish in the top four, uh, maybe. Um, especially if Liverpool are resurgent at the end of the season, which they might be. I guess you'd see this as Leeds pulling off a a good result because they've been very indifferent, been dropping too many points, and you know a nil nil against the top traditionally top six sides is great. Um, yeah, yeah. My one thing to say about this is uh, 
Um, Mondi or Mendy, if uh, you're an English commentator and you insist on saying it as Mendy, um, mm. he I thought he had a great match, and this was yeah. he obviously started off really hot for Chelsea, and then all of a sudden was really bad for Chelsea. Off, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's good to see like a an up and down, and his first time around in the Premier League, 28 yeah. years old, and. Yeah, um, yeah. He had a he, really he even, good match. Yeah. He's such an odd guy because he's not he's barely even played like in his career. Um, you know, I mean he made a fair amount of appearances, I think, for Reams. I don't even know how you pronounce that in that is nonce. No, I I don't think so. Like he was at yeah. He was at like Cherbourg. I'm looking at it now, he's like Cherbourg at the beginning of his career, made like 26 appearances. Then he went to Marseille's Isn't B team. That... And then... Is that the one that Conte was at? Charbel? I don't know. Possibly. And then he went, yeah, Stad Reims. Made 80 appearances for okay. them in three years. Obviously got that move to Rennes. And then... Uh, obviously he's at Chelsea now. So I think he... The fact... I think it's actually very encouraging that he hasn't been calamitous. Because we, we do actually see... Goldie's moving to the Premier League, who are actually quite good goalkeepers, and they just like can't deal with I don't know I don't know what the physicality of it. I'm not sure, but we obviously we saw it with Kepa, who okay maybe he's not that great of a goalie, but other actually good goalies like Claudio Bravo, who you know who came over here and was was really really suspect, and he you know he was like a proper Champions League winning goalkeeper for Barcelona, um, yeah. Um, so I think it's only, it's only I, good news for, for Chelsea that he's not been terrible and sort of relatively consistent. Yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, like a yeah. lot of like quote, like world-class keepers come to the Premier League for big yeah. money and then we say, yeah. oh, well, they're, terrible. they're yeah. not actually that great. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on, um, yeah. uh, Man City, oh, sorry, I skipped a line. Uh, Crystal Palace defeated West Brom one nil. Um, uh, not not a barnstormer. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty bad. A bad Palace team, an even worse West Brom team. Yeah. Um. Uh, Burnley upset Everton two one. Um, with some lovely play. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I I apologies did not see this game. Um but I hear that Dwight McNeil or I know Dwight McNeil scored a bit of a weldy. Um and Beautiful. Yeah. It was relatively it's one of those games that you know that obviously Burnley's just gonna sit back, uh, especially away from home. But they were actually fairly uh they were similar in sort of shot for shot. Um this is just like off of a write up that I briefly read through the other day. Um so sort of like Burnley managed to attack fairly consistently throughout the match, which they can sort of lack sometimes. They, they, they usually have these bursts of like attacking play where they'll get, you know, Chris Wood will just latch onto something and they'll take their chances. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin was the Everton goal scorer. Um, he equalized after a Chris Wood goal. Uh, uh, oh, no, he no. didn't equalize. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me start again. It was to pull Burnley one back. Twice, yeah. So he pulled one back. So Chris Wood scored in the 13th minute. Then Dwight McNeil scored that word in the 24th. 
Dominic Calvert-Lewin pulled one back and then it was a classic sort of, um, not even back to the wall, but Burnley just kept it tight. And I think this this result will looks like it means Burnley will secure their fifth uh, their fifth season in the Premier League. I think they're they've pulled themselves away from that from that quite from that mire now, um, which is you know if, it's astonishing really that a club like Burnley is has been in the Premier League for five years, and a lot of that is down to Sean Dyche um, and his his tactics and the way he runs that club. Um, yeah, I don't. Everson, I don't even know. I mean, what are they do? It's really I mean, Burnley, hard. Burnley are hard to play against, but I, I don't really know what they're playing at. They're just perennially like catfish side, basically. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, this is a, a matchup of like two catfish sides, like, yeah. but kind of the opposite ways where Everton is like this really flashy, like hipster, like like uh, they throw yeah. around big money and they can be a challenger to the top six, but then they never yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and Burnley is like, oh, their squad is awful. They're going to go down. Like yeah. they're going to lose uh, 30 of their 38 matches this year. Uh, but then they always stick around. Um, Conspicuously, at least they have. Absent for Everson were Hammers again. But I mean, we know this is the case with him now. Just I think this will be it for the rest of his career. He'll just be getting injured. And uh, Decore, who's been really good this season for Everton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I didn't have much else to say about Burnley Everton. Um, where are we going next? We are going to... Uh, two of the very in-form teams, just briefly. Um, mm-hmm. Just because Man City disposed of Fulham 3-0. Um, but not a ton... Uh, you really have to talk about it in this. It was like no. a typical Man City win. It was um, routine. It was but routine. Mm-hmm. it saw the, the return of Sergio Aguero uh, on the score sheet, which had been over 450 days since he last scored a goal. Yeah. Um, that's a st- I could not believe it when I saw that stat, by the way. Um, it, last scored a goal, uh, not, not scored a goal, but in the Premier League for City because he scored twice in the Champions League this season, I think. Um, and he'd scored in cups prior. Um, obviously, that's because he's had these injuries and obviously the COVID impacting playing time and et cetera. So that's why it's such a large gap. But yeah, that was quite something. And um, he's only 32 still, Kun. And looks like he's on his way to Barcelona in the summer on a free, um, which is pretty uh, exciting. Ridiculous. Ridiculous as in no? Or like, no, ridiculous as in yes. Like, oh, yeah. Even at yeah. 32. He's scored so many goals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, especially if like Messi stays. Um, and I think, you know, like, I don't know, it's not very Premier League related, but Barca, we've seen this season have like messed up, basically uh, letting Luis Suarez go. And to to get in Aguero, I guess if he can get over these niggling injuries, he he's, I mean, one of the greatest, right? So if he can string together games he's going to score for you and that's exactly what they've been missing this season so i'm sure that would be a great move for him um yeah, talking yeah. about moves yes. let's move on to brighton southampton why uh, don't and we talk... yeah no go i was gonna say and more moves brighton moving up the table nice i just nice. wanted to do the segue uh, 
Do you want to take I'm a break? I'm so sorry that I interrupted it. Yeah, I was just thinking all of a sudden we should probably take a break so Craig doesn't get angry. All right. Craig, take it away. All right. Now that Craig has had his nap, uh, so he won't be, yeah, won't be all grumpy uh, in a few minutes. Uh, moving on to Brighton Southampton, uh, which as a Newcastle fan, uh, I am fearfully looking at Brighton and uh, on my knees begging for Southampton uh, because both clubs have like huge implications on the relegation battle this season, uh, which crazy to think about Southampton being in a relegation battle this mm. year. Yeah, November 8th, top of the Premier it's astonishing. League. It's astonishing. March 15th in a relegation battle. Um, but yeah, this is your favorite player. Gave Brighton the lead. Uh, mm-hmm. Lewis Dunk in the 16th minute. Hate him. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> England's Lewis Dunk. Um, yeah, uh, really moving Brighton like with a win. Yeah. They're kind of in the Burnley camp more than the Newcastle yeah. camp. Um, it's looking that way. Yeah, with a typical English defender header. Um, kind of what Lewis Dunk does um, and then about 10 minutes later uh, Shea Adams who has been in great form recently uh, you know like right after I criticize him for tapering off uh, he goes three goals three games uh, Yeah, but this goal was not his uh, this is kind of Lewis Dunk's fault Lewis Dunk with a David Luiz-esque clearance uh, basically assists the Che Adams volley. Uh, and at this point, uh, every Newcastle fan I follow on Twitter uh, was like, ah, yes, Brighton finally shitting the bed. Uh, mm. We're going to be safe. Uh, but alas, no. Uh, Ten minutes after halftime, after many, many Brighton chances, uh, Leander Trossard turns in a really well-worked uh, team goal, um, some nice passing. And when I saw they scored, I was like, I really don't think Brighton are going to go down. Um, like, I watch Brighton, and I'm like, this team's actually got some really good quality. They can play some really nice football. And I've not seen Newcastle play nice football in 18 months. Um, so they are in a relegation battle, but it's not the same type of relegation battle that Newcastle is in. Um, like Newcastle are in a relegation battle because they're genuinely horrible right now. Brighton are horrible, but at yeah. the same time, they're good. And it's really, really weird. Uh, and like I watch them and I'm like, yeah, there's like a solid mid table side. Um, like teams in serious relegation battles don't create tons of chances during games they don't play nice attacking football so mm. they're yeah. a weird team um but this win for them is absolutely massive um for both brighton and southampton and fulham and newcastle um yeah. so yeah. yeah if you're living on the sunny south coast of england times are either really good for you or really bad for you so true very true um yeah I, I yeah no you've 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 summarized that very well i'm not really sure what what more i can add that hasn't really been said about these two teams um you know 
I think, yeah, Brighton are still, despite the fact that it's looking more like they're up with the Burnley than down with the Newcastle, I think obviously they got those two giant results against uh, Liverpool and who was it? City, actually? No, yeah. someone. And um, and then everyone was sort of saying, oh, they'll be fine. And then and then they fell off again and they're right back in it. So they seem to be this strange team right now. Where, I don't know. I don't want to sound all like old school, but do they, they just don't seem to have much of a backbone. Um, and they can't, you know, this is a rare time that they've seen a game out, basically, um, after Trossard scores in the 56 minute. So, you know, um, but yeah. Uh, and again, I'll just reiterate, I'll reiterate that I think that Ralph Hasenhutl will not be safe this summer, um, which is pretty crazy to say, but it's just gone so wrong for them. Um, you could see him being maybe the first manager fired if in the next season they start slowly. But yeah. yeah. Um, talking about fired managers. Yeah, talking about fired uh, managers. Another let's great briefly segue. talk about Leicester Sheffield. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so this was um, a Leicester City thrashing. They won 5-0 at home to Sheffield United. The Bladeside had just um, announced a few days prior that Wilder would be leaving the club. No one was really sure for a while when he was going to do that, but then he um, he walked, they say, by mutual consent. Um, yeah, that's I, just I PR. Before. Yeah, that's a PR spin, obviously. Um, the reports say that he and the owner um, fell out completely, uh, mainly over signings and all that kind of stuff. Um, all that usual stuff. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, you know what? Let's touch on that a little bit because I I find that sad. Well, first of all, Blake, I owe you five dollars. Uh, I owe something. Hell uh, yeah! Because I keep forgetting. Uh, because because you predicted that correctly. I really didn't think it was going to happen. Um, and that's a shame because not me losing the bet, but just literally Wilder leaving because I I stand by. It. He's a great manager. Um, yeah, the, I mean they obviously overperformed last season, but. He'd taken them up, I think, from League One to the Championship to the Premier League. Sheffield United fan, um, all that luck. And and he, he, yeah, I mean, he'd implemented this new attacking style that everyone was obsessing over with these overlapping centre-backs thing. And, he, you know, he's the real deal. And so I don't know what his future in the game is, but it's a shame that he's had to depart um, a club that he loves so much. Um, do you have anything to say on that? Or shall I just move into the recapping the game briefly? I don't even think we really have to do too much recap. Um, I just want to talk about Kelechi and Acho. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have anything about Chris Wilder other than, you know, I told you so. Yeah. But... Well, sure. Sure. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're right. I, I, I'm, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Good prediction. Um, no. Okay. Fine. I just want to talk about Kelechi and Acho because he's been in good goal scoring form over the past, like, what, three weeks, maybe, which is, something we haven't really seen um, from him since his City days. And he's actually, 2021 has been a good year for him um, because he was been scoring the Europa League and then slowly getting his chances to the Premier League. Scored his first Premier League hat-trick today. Um, and um, Ayuzi Perez also chipped in with a really nice goal, actually, in this new role, uh, this Madison role, um, just in the, in the hole behind Vardy. And then Ethan Ampadu had an own goal as well. But yeah, Kelechi Nacho with his hat-trick and he dedicated it it was very sweet after the match to uh it was uh mother's day in england um on the day they played which was what sunday saturday i can't remember actually and um and he dedicated his hat tricks to all mothers around the world which is especially poignant 
because I think his mother died when he was 14. So um, that was sweet afterwards. And yeah, I yeah. don't know. Kalechi Kalecho uh, was just... Oh, sorry, go. Yeah, after his hat trick, he like knelt yeah. down and started crying, which was very yeah. sweet to see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just one of those players that I think... I don't know. I've always kind of liked him. Burst onto the scene. You know, those, those players sort of capture your heart a bit. And it's been a tough period for him but i guess i don't know maybe he's coming into it a little bit and yeah yeah it's a it's it's a feel-good story where uh like a a wonder kid breaks onto the scene and then he gets his big money move away and then he doesn't really find his feet at his new club and then all of a sudden it's like right now it seems like he's finding his feet again well yeah the crazy thing is he's only 24 i mean for a striker he's not in his prime yet i mean he's got years ahead of him another four years and that's when you're sort of starting to look at a striker in his prime so yeah i wonder what will what will come but um i guess you you were sort of thinking that he was going to move on i don't know for me it's like bundesliga was kind of nailed on for him but i guess if he finishes this season strong he's going to stick around but yeah i will just Mm -hmm, yeah he's 24 and has over 150 Premier yeah. League appearances. He's crazy. He's, wow. he's, he's, he's played a lot. He's played a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like him as well, you know, because clearly, clearly managers, managers like him because they play him. So, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. There's a thrashing. Uh, a moving from a thrashing to quite an even match. Do you want to take Arsenal Tottenham? Do I want to take Arsenal Tottenham? I can take Arsenal Tottenham. And I think this was the crowning um match of the of the weekend. I think this this was a match that left me on edge. Um, even though I mean I don't care about these two teams, but it was a very nerve-wracking match. It was a proper derby. It had it had sort of everything. Um obviously Arsenal came out uh two one victors. Um uh with uh, Martin Odegaard scoring um, and Alexandra Lacazette scoring. But uh, it was opened by Eric Lamella, um, the... Your favorite player. Yeah, the strange, you know, Enigma. faded, faded... I mean, we forget that he is, a, you know, he could... He, he's, a wonder, he's a wonder kid as well. He burst on... He was Easily. running a Roma's midfield at 18 uh, back in the day. Um, and he's still, you know, only about 29 or something. And he's made... This was his... 250th appearance for Tottenham? Yeah. Um, which in all competitions, which is a huge amount of appearances. And he scores. So Son goes off, actually. He didn't start. Son goes off injured, which is bad for Tottenham. And uh, Lamella comes on in, in, in front of Ali. And this was funny because I was watching this game with my family and I spent, I think, a good five minutes flating Eric Lamella and saying, like, why doesn't Mourinho put on Deli Ali instead? And then um, Lamella proceeds to score. I mean, on, honestly, I mean, it's one of the best goals I've ever seen live. He scores uh, this Rabona. Uh, the, so he, it, he's inside the penalty, just inside the penalty box. And it comes at him. And uh, instead of like using his weak right foot, he wraps his left foot around the back of his, of his right ankle and smashes this first time um, Rabona that like cuts through the grass. It's not like a chipped, lobbed Rabona like you usually see. Yeah, straight. That's what I wanted to say. Legs, and um, but I think people are going on about like his refusal to shoot on his right foot. 
but I don't know. I think not to be like mean, but it's just like, don't, don't like, why are you just, this goal is incredible. Like who cares if he doesn't want to shoot with his weak foot? Like it's, it's incredible technique. And plus he's, he has time to think about it. So it's just like, come on. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I was, I was, I was up on my feet. I was, I couldn't believe it. It was brilliant. Yeah. You very rarely do you see a Rabona like driven. Yeah. Um, I've never, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever, I can't recall a single driven Rabona I've ever seen. Uh, Eric Lamella, funnily enough, like famously scored a, an incredible Rabona in the Europa League a few years ago for Tottenham. So it's, he's done it before. Um, and people that I've listened to saying that this will be win the goal of the season, be nominated for pushcast, no. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, you know, I mean, they're both great goals, but I mean, st- I'm still thinking the Lanzini goal is better. Well, not better so, because it's like whatever, but just, but it, this is sullied because Eric Lamella gets sent off in the 76 minute anyway. So, you know, you can't, you have to, you have to take into account the occasion as well. And he, they've Tottenham have lost the game, and he's got sent off. Yeah, I think this will get nominated uh, for the push cost. It won't make the final five, but it'll be one of the... It'll I don't remember how they do it. it. It's like 64 get nominated at first, and then they wear it down. It, it's it something like that. It has to, it has to get nominated. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think the Lanzini goal is the best goal of this season. Lanzini, well, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I was, I'm just annoyed... It was like last week, the the other week when Gareth Bale scored a great goal, and they were like, "Oh my god, like that will be the goal of the season." I'm like, "No, it fucking won't." Like, why is everyone forgetting Lanzini's goal? Anyway, they they won't come the end of the season. Um, and so yeah, then Martin Odegaard scores two matches in a row, gets his Premier League uh maiden Premier League goal in the 44th minute just before half time. Uh, pretty easy, sort of like I can't oh I can't quite remember. It, it was a Big deflection. Yeah, big. Off there we go. Toby Alderweireld. Um, and then Alexandra Lacazette puts in a penalty in the 64th minute. This penalty, so he he gets lucky because he tries to spank the like the the worst shot I've ever seen in my whole life, right? And the ball goes careening off to the side, and um, Davinson Sanchez comes in late and full you know full full body tackles him. Like not full body, sorry. He he gets a high foot right onto Lacazette's leg that's in the air. Um, not a dangerous challenge or anything like that, really. Uh, but just sort of clumsy, clumsy, though. clumsy. Yeah. And um, and Lacazette slots it away. And then Eric Lamella gets uh, sent off in the seventy sixth. Basically, Tottenham were ru- they were rubbish for the whole match. Um, the Lamella thing was just out of nowhere. And then in the last ten minutes, they suddenly turned it on um, and went. At uh, Arsenal with Berserko. Vengeance, yeah. yeah. Um, Gareth Bale was really bad, uh, which was, I guess, kind of unfortunate to see. And all of a sudden, that like Gareth Bale resurgence train has come to a grinding halt. And you're thinking, <laughs> what was what's going on there? Um, he came off looking disappointed, but also like pretty unbothered. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like a shame because I think Gareth Bale's final years in football will be sort of like patches of his brilliance and you're remembering like the days of gareth bell when he's the third bombarding the down the line yeah. yeah um one of the one of the best to ever play right and then then you sort of seeing this gareth bell where it's just like if if everything doesn't suit him 
basically nowadays. It's just, I don't know. I hate it when pundits are like, oh, he's not bothered anymore, but it's kind of what it seems like. So, um, yeah. Golf, Wales, Madrid in that order. Golf, Wales, Madrid in that order. Yeah. I'm sure Golf, he'll be Wales, London. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be uh, fun at the Euros. Uh, provided he stays fit. I was going to say one more thing about this, but I have annoyingly forgotten what I was going to say. So So I've got mine and maybe it'll jog your memory. Um, Like, I just want to say like a lot of, a lot of clubs in the premier league that are around mid table um, have like historic rivals who like have been relegated and never recovered um so like the the Newcastle Sunderland um like uh Birmingham City Aston Villa like these historic rivalries that are you know it's separated by the league so it's really nice to see two mid-table sides huh. have yeah, a good derby go. day um good for them that's it good for them yeah you say that but um Tottenham is still within touching distance of top 4 so yeah, but if um, I don't make one of them now when will I like Get to make no, fun no, of them. I, I see what you mean. I mean, yeah, hilarious. I mean, I hope they finish down there. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good look. It is a it is a very good victory for, for Arsenal, who weren't favored. Oh, and we, lest we forget, um, Aubameyang was dropped by Arteta for disciplinary reasons. Um, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Emil Smith Rowe wasn't really great, um, and it's fun to see his his rise this season. I just love like yes, yeah, go. Um. So uh, the left attacking mid, center attacking mid, right attacking mid for Arsenal in this match were Emil Smith Rowe, Odegaard, and Saka. So three players under the age of 20. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, yeah. Bukayo Saka, though, I mean, he's a, he's properly like mercurial talent. He's, he is, he's, I think he's definitely the real deal. Um, out of out of those, you know, out of that young uh, crop of English players coming through at Arsenal, uh, he's one of those players. They come along every once in a while, where you they they can like drive into a crowd of opposition and come out with the ball unscathed, which is fun. Yeah. Also, one of those players who can like a great dribbler and then can take on the defender without losing speed. Um, yeah, which yeah. is like such an unreal asset. So, yeah. The rich get, get richer. Um, exactly. yeah, sadness for you, sir. Manchester oh, United man. 1, West Ham United 0. Yeah, so I'll sort of... Okay, I'll just wrap this wrap this game up a little so look we started the okay so man U win one nil at home at old trafford um everyone i've heard talking about this have sort of like framed it as man U scraped by west ham absolutely it's just that's just not true so we we basically played 45 minutes of football because david moyes set us up with an exact replica of the squad that played against brighton in the back end of 2020, um, which we won that game eventually, but we we played worse than we did against Newcastle in the first half of that match. And that's with um, Ben Johnson out on like this left wing-ish 
like left mid kind of thing and Mark Noble starting and then with the usual suspects uh, everywhere else apart from Jesse Lingard and Pablo Fornals because Lingard couldn't play and Fornals is injured. Um, I don't understand why Moyes is starting with such a conservative side. Obviously, Mark Noble's a West Ham legend. Um, recently announced that he's leaving the club as a player at the end of next season, but he shouldn't be starting matches like this anymore. And I think what David, I think David Moyes is handling Ben Johnson so badly. He only throws Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson in uh, for these huge matches. So Ben Johnson like doesn't play. But he plays against the likes of like City, Liverpool, Man United, like huge teams. Um, and he's not up to, he's just not, he can't, Ben Johnson isn't even like a huge, like a huge talent. He's, he's young, but he's not even this huge emerging talent. And, and he was struggling from the get-go. You could tell he's struggling from the get-go. He, can't, he couldn't spring a, string a pass together. He couldn't he was getting caught in possession. Like it's just, you can't throw in however versatile he is. You can't throw in a player like of his age and, and his profile into a match this big. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, never mind the personnel, the way that we set up was basically we had eight players strung in some sort of wall and just let Man United come at us for 45 minutes. We, we wasted an entire half. Didn't have a single shot. And then, ugh, so we start off the second half much the same way first half. Finally concede a goal. Dawson, it's not a great look for him. Just nods it straight past Fabianski from a it's corner. Class header. Yeah, he didn't have a great game. Um, but so then Moyes finally makes these substitutions where he puts on Lanzini and Ben Rama. Ben Rama should have been starting instead of Noble from the start. Just unfathomable that he didn't start. And suddenly the tide swings and okay, yes, yes, I concede that it ends, this game ends in absolute chaos because West Ham are finally attacking and like Manu get like eight chances on the break that they should have put away. But we, you know, we actually brought the game to Man United and had chances. We didn't end the match with a shot on goal, but that's only because of narrow misses and hitting the woodwork and etc. So we ended with seven shots just genuinely infuriating. The only thing I can think of Moyes setting up like this is because he doesn't want to get torn apart six, like five or six nil. And I was reflecting on that and I was thinking, we're actually one of the few clubs this season who hasn't been smashed by a team. Look at most of the teams in the Premier League this season and they've been four or five nil. Like they've conceded that many goals. Even, even huge teams like Liverpool and Man U and... Arsenal and all these teams, like they've they've been torn apart. We haven't been torn apart. And so that's the only thing I can think of. But I think this is just a classic case of Moyes completely overthinking it. He did the opposite of what we're good at. Um, you know, he, he went so compact, not even compact. He just sat off Man United. It was literally just stupid. And I hope he never does it again because it's ridiculous. And um other than that, I'm I'm fine because we're having a great season. But that yeah. was frustrating. And we play Arsenal next. So hopefully we put in a better performance. And that's my round yeah. over. That was pretty amazing. It's thoroughly <laughs> enjoyable. Um, 
Yeah, I don't really have much to say. I didn't watch this match, so no. um, yeah, I usually try to watch West Ham play. Um, yeah, so that I can I'm, have I'm some nice conversations didn't. with you. Yeah, but. I usually try and watch Newcastle as well, but I um, I what was I doing on Friday? Something. Oh, I was I was in DC. Well, so um, yeah, I'm very fun. sorry for you. Every time you watch Newcastle. Yeah. Well, I'm um, talking about pretty woeful to watch. Uh, yeah. Liverpool. Liverpool. Um, they beat Wolves one 0 with a Diogo Jota goal in added time. The first half. Yeah, Benjamin's goal. Uh, they they really missed him, haven't they? Frankly, uh, which is yeah. I mean, his his goal scoring record for them is is crazy this season. He's he hasn't played much because he got injured so badly. Um, but yeah, he's come back to haunt his old club and Wolves. I mean, this is a write off season for Wolves. They're down in thirteenth now with thirty five points. Um, very much a mid table finish. It's looking like for them. And uh, we've talked about how they just need rejuvenation. Liverpool, I don't know. Green shoots of recovery, maybe, but then again, they what they beat Tottenham a few weeks ago, and then proceeded to lose a bunch. Um, so yeah, I don't have much to say about this match no, itself, but something to say about um, a report that came out uh, actually before the match. Uh, uh-huh. It was that despite like a large number of the Premier League teams having like extreme financial issues this season, um, including I mean, like, I know most about Newcastle, um, so I can okay. talk a lot about Newcastle. But Newcastle supposedly uh, will not have any money to spend in the summer. Um, oh, okay. So uh, we're, like, barely scraping by. But Liverpool apparently are doing just fine. But most interestingly, the report was that Klopp would like to strengthen his front three, um, which oh. I found weird. Um Wow. Yeah, if you have money, why not spend it on like a second class center back? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't know, try and like, I don't know who you try and get in. There's always names out there. Yeah, someone will. Who's, who's out of contract? Like, I mean, Sergio Ramos, but someone. Um, I don't know, Punt Alaba. They say he's going to join Madrid, but who knows? It it um, would be amazing if Sergio Ramos joined Liverpool. Yeah, with Salah. Uh, I mean, just yeah. the yeah the Salah Ramos bust up yeah. set training. Hilarious. Um, God, Sergio Ramos, incredible, but such a dick. Um, wow. Yeah, I, Craig I don't know. Dawson. Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson. Yeah, just get him in. Get him in to Liverpool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. So this is pretty routine. Um, I I guess well not okay no that's rubbish because it's not routine because Liverpool have been poor but um, yeah it's it's a it's a good win for them and and uh, I guess we'll see if they can climb up into into fourth spot um, it's not over yet that's for sure but yeah I think that well, that brings us to the end doesn't it of our recaps yeah and yeah. we actually only have very few predictions to make. Yeah, for, should we kick Craig first, or are you thinking it's okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, bin off the Craig. little bastard. He's done that. All right. Now that we've dealt with uh, Oscars and my child, uh, known as Craig, let's get into these predictions. Uh, it right. is a strange, like I guess it's um, a makeup for all the matches that have been lost due to COVID. 
Because that's the only reason I can figure that we only have four matches before the international break. Yeah, must be something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed, actually. I thought we had a full full slate of fixtures, but uh, apparently we don't. But we'll start off with Fulham Leeds. Um, and you know what, Blake? We're going to switch it up. What's your prediction? You're going first. I'm reading them out this week. Hmm. Well, you have me in quite a bind, mm. but hard, hard one. I'm gonna go with Fulham, Fulham winning. Okay. And I think they're going to win two-one. No, that was my prediction. Damn you! Perfect. I will go. Damn, Blake, that's that's a great prediction, I reckon. I'll go even more chaotic then with a 3-2 victory for Fulham. Next okay. up is Brighton-Newcastle. Oh my God, it's Brighton-Newcastle. This is a huge game. I didn't even realize when I, when I looked at it before. Six-pointer. Yeah. I actually, I, I want you to predict this one first because I know too okay, much yeah. about Newcastle. Damn, oh my. So, okay, let's flesh this out. Where so what what points are the two teams on now? How's this looking? Brighton, so if, if if Newcastle win, what happens to Brighton? Newcastle win. So oh, you're Newcastle, not a point. They'll move so, up to thirty-one. And if Fulham so, win, uh, then it'll be Fulham in eighteenth, oh, Brighton man. in seventeenth, tied on points but above on goal difference. Uh, so yeah, and Newcastle both, two points this is above your game Brighton. In hand over, so Fulham are begging for a draw here. Fulham are begging for a draw. And that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. There we go. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Brighton. Uh, but oh, we both made God. good predictions. Because I am fairly certain that Newcastle have never beaten Brighton in the Premier League. Oh, oh wow. That's terrible. We beat them in the championship. But I I think the, the statistics are something like 13 times played in the Premier League, six draws, and seven losses. So, so tell me this. If, if Newcastle go out and spank Brighton, are you going to predict them to lose every single week until the end of the season? <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe. I mean, that's kind of how it's been for Newcastle. It's kind of like a, a bunch of really awful results and then a win that makes it seem like we get that win to pull us away for a week. And then we get dragged back down to it with some terrible performances and then we get that win. Um, yeah, well, it's a, it's a big or, game, so I'm eagerly anticipating it. Um, Villa Tottenham. Um, I mean, Tottenham haven't been great, but Villa don't. I mean, they this is also great, game, but actually. that's because, yeah, they don't have Jack Grealish, but I think Jack Grealish will be back for this. Mm. I will go, I'll go 1 1. I think a draw is decent, but, um, uh, I'm just gonna. Back a 2-1 Tottenham victory. Kane will turn up. Yeah, that's probably West, pretty good. All right. West Ham, yeah. Arsenal. Last one? 
Uh, always predict a draw. Hopefully we perform better 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, so this is actually, uh, you know, the, the professionals are aiming for a draw. Um, but you know what? Come on, you Irons. 2-1 win for West Ham United. Oh, he's picked us over Arsenal. That's what I like to see. Yeah, no, I'd take a draw out of this. That'd be great. It'll keep us in the conversation for sure. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, I think that's about West Ham's level. Is like, like right now, the way they're yeah. playing, the, an appropriate yeah. analysis is that's in true. the conversation for Europe. No. Oh, for Europe, for sure. Because, well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's not get into that. Um, but, yeah, let's so, do... like, without overhyping or. Yeah diminishing the amazing performance this season mm. it's like incredibly fair yeah. to say west hammer just in play for europe thank you all right hit me i've got hit some questions the- for you so for those listening at home um i'm at the beach and i've been babysitting my nephews uh, who are demons uh it's so i though. was about five minutes away from just asking Oscar to come up with five questions and do a reverse. Uh, but I ended up, I was like, uh, I took an hour to myself, uh, you know, pretended to be napping, came up with five questions to ask Oscar. So, Oscar, yeah. to start off, as usual, it's a Wonder Kid. Um, or maybe an ex Wonder Kid. Although I will say, he's only 25 years old. Only okay, okay. He, uh, as many Brazilians do, started his career off in Brazil before becoming a part of the Chelsea loan army in 2015. Oh, uh, I'm not talking about Lucas Piazon. Oh, that's what I heard. Uh, that's who I thought you were. No, um, I'm talking about a player who went from Watford to Newcastle twice to Hatafe to this club. Can you tell me where one Kennedy is oh, playing his yeah. football? One hundred percent. He's killing it at Granada this season. Yeah, very good yeah. season for him this season. He's he's having a great time. Um, yeah. I like reminiscent Kennedy. of his. Yeah, sorry, go. Reminiscent of his first spell at Newcastle, where he was yeah. phenomenal. Kennedy is a Kennedy is a good little player. Uh, not Chelsea level, but. I uh yeah no I mean shout shouts Granada because they're they're such a great club they got like uh Roberto Soldado thirty five year old Roberto Soldado leading the line along with Molina who's thirty eight and they're like didn't they progress in Europe or they're halfway to progressing in Europe and they're right up there in La Liga like don't know what the hell is going on at, at Granada but they're a great club um no yeah Kennedy he's 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 a fun player he's a fun player I like him. Yeah, um, he is a player who mixed opinions at Newcastle. Um, yeah. His first six months, uh, he had two loan deals at Newcastle. Uh, the mm-hmm. first six months were phenomenal, and he was very um, Alan St. Maximin-esque, um, like talismanic, destroying players. Not a ton of stats on the stat sheet, but like unreal performances. Um, and then in his second season, uh, there was like the attitude issues and um, Rafa is like infamous for 
if players like aren't learning English uh, quickly enough or like not picking up his tactical uh, like ideas, uh, they just get like banished. Um, and that's exactly what happened to Kennedy. So I, but like, I love him for the first six months. So yeah. Yeah. Shout out. I Kennedy. think La Liga, yeah. La Liga suits a player like him best. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Maybe yeah. he'll finally uh, move at on. At 25. Yeah, his contract expires, so maybe he'll finally move on. What do you think his uh, his peak will be? His peak? Mm. Or like where he'll move to and yeah, get the uh, best out of his career? So he's 25, just turned 25. He's six foot. Damn, he's big. Um, that's Yeah, because you think of him as like a little diminutive little Brazilian player, but he's definitely not that. He's got a um, baby face. So. Yeah, he does. Um, so peak i don't know maybe like uh a, a like europa league level team in in spain i reckon you know something like that i could see him playing yeah like, i think spain will be his thing yeah or yeah i mean like it, it's like a cop out to say like porto but like I feel like oh, his yeah. skill set. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, like a champion like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Decent player. Moving on. Uh talking about said former Wonder Kid, who we've talked about a lot this podcast. Um mm-hmm. you being one of his biggest fans, like a unrelenting believer in his ability. Yeah. Um like you're known as the big fan, he's known as the one footed player. Can you mm-hmm. tell me what percentage of his passes Eric Lamella has completed this season on his right foot? Oh god, that's some niche. Um what? Oh my god. Wait, you have to help me out here because I'm gonna say some crazy like You know what? No. You you do this? Okay, I bet he hasn't even made a zero. He's not made a pass to his right foot. Correct. He yeah. has not completed a pass with his right foot this season no, in no. any competition. Wow, that's um so cool. yeah, even when Tottenham was playing like League One in the FA Cup, uh Eric Lamella did not complete a pass with his right foot against them. Uh, you, you knew when I asked you it either had to be like zero or it had to be surprisingly high, like a yeah. eighth his right foot. Yeah. Um you're right. Okay. And then uh I've been uh itching to make some bets recently so i thought of some uh some bets for you do you have the premier newcastle west ouch united yeah okay okay. which ah that's so hard because you want to you one easy one you want to believe that liverpool out there right but you don't know if they can i think i think top four will make it i think leicester have now pulled away enough so it will go city united leicester chelsea I don't think Liverpool. Yeah. So, Oscar, you have $1,000 that you have to bet. Are you betting that West Ham United finish in the top seven or the bottom 13? So I could pretend to do all the umming and eyeing I did before Craig messed up before, but I, I won't. Um, I'm, I'm backing West Ham. Final decision, backing West Ham. We have been good this season. I think that we will have a very patchy run of form because we have we're playing such hard teams in the next month. However, I will back us to to finish top seven, top seven, boom, done. 
there we go. That's a thousand dollars on the line. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, it's yeah, that's why I kind of I put it in. Um, yeah, I didn't like, even know about that really. There's a lot of big clubs below West Ham that you could see conceivably yeah. knocking West Ham out of the top seven, yeah. but they've all shown like long-term spells of being just pretty bad. Um, yep. And West Ham, since the opening match of the season against my Newcastle, uh, <laughs> haven't had that like absolutely dire performance, um, although they've had plenty that make you mad, but that's because you're a West Ham fan. That's true. Um, so yeah, I think West Ham get top seven. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a, an importance in the number seven. Today is the seven-year anniversary of the last time Newcastle were in Europe. Uh, wow. We went away and played AZ Alkmaar in the Europa League. And you lost. So, yes. But still, I'm still dreaming of those European days. So... Well, yeah, hopefully, do you have anything else again. to say? Like, hopefully, they will come again. And mm, do I have anything else to say? I do not. And other than the obvious, uh, please send us send us an email. You know, we'll reply. And follow us on Twitter at Peak Early Pod. Follow Blake at B Munch. Follow me at Oscar O H S C U H. And as always, stay safe, um, be well, take care of yourselves, and we will speak to you soon. And thank you, Blake. This was a fun pod. Yeah. Thank you, Oscar. I will see you all very soon. Bye. I'm standing. <laughs>